Hello, welcome to People's Church Online Service. Thanks for joining us. And as much as we're expecting a great year ahead, we're expecting God to touch our lives and reveal Himself even more this year. This morning we will receive a powerful message from Pastor Mondi. But before we get into that, let us sing some praise and worship for our Lord and Savior as we get into today's message. Enjoy the service. Oh, 
Thank you, Shaka. Greetings, People's Church. I'm glad you could join us this morning. Even though we're still not able to meet physically, your health and safety is important to us. We continually pray that God will keep you safe during these times. In our Bible in One Year Devotion, Day 221, we looked at 1 Chronicles chapter 29. This is where David is speaking to the Israel assembly about the temple offering. I know sometimes people ask, why do we have to have a message before giving? I need to clear that up, that we don't have a giving message or an offering message to coerce or pressurize people into giving. There is, if you look at scripture, there is, you'll always see consistency through Moses, David, Jesus, and Paul that there's an importance not just about what we are giving, but what we are giving into. And we see here in verse 1, and it says, Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom God alone has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great because the temple is not for men but for the Lord. Yes, God had chosen Solomon to build the temple. We get that. And when you read after that, you see all the preparation that David had done. He had put away gold, silver, bronze, precious stones, wood, marble, all for the preparation. All that preparation is done. But the temple is for the Lord. That is the key issue. That the significance is not so much what is given or who is giving it, but who, who is receiving it, who it is for, who it is honoring. It becomes now a personal decision between you and God. This message is meant as a reminder that we get to remind each other that what we are doing is to honor God. It is not to be pressurized so that you can feel, oh, this is offering time, therefore I must give something. The key issue here is to remind each other that this is for the Lord. This is where we get to honor God with our substance, with our time. Whatever it is that you're giving, its significance is measured to who we are giving to. And I am not saying that the challenge, the giving is not a challenge. It is sometimes. But it's where we remind ourselves what we are doing it for. And verse 9 goes on to say, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also greatly rejoiced willingly and wholeheartedly that is the key issue in giving willingly and wholeheartedly this is where you resolve not somebody pressuring you you resolve this is where paul says 
let everyone decide what to give. Not grudgingly. You decide what you're going to give and how you're going to honor God. We don't have a checklist of who is giving what. But you decide that you want to honor God willingly and wholeheartedly. Whatever it is that you do, it is between you and God. You decide how you are going to honor God. And the second important point from this is that God did not need them to build a temple. God could have if he wanted to build a temple for himself. But he chooses to involve he chose to involve them. God chooses. He does not need me. He can do whatever he wants to do, but he chooses to invite me to participate in in what he's doing. He chooses to involve us in what he's doing. For me that is a great honor in when when we get to give that God chooses to get us involved in the bigger picture not not because he can do it he can do it if he wants to but it is a great honor that we get to participate in building the kingdom God bless you as you give Hello People's Church, so good to be with you again, even though we cannot meet physically, but we thank God for the technology that we are able to meet virtually. As you can see, we uh, decided to shoot in a different environment, and on that, we really thank God for the rains that we've been able to enjoy recently, uh, which has resulted in everything looking green, uh, even in Bulukwan. So we thank God for that. And so today's message, I want to preach a message titled, The Lights of the World, or The Light of the World. And it's based on a very famous portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to focus on verse 14 to verse 16. So I'm going to read it, and it's also going to appear on your screen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. This is what it says. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so a little bit of a background of what is happening and where this is. This is uh, Jesus' very first sermon in his uh, public earthly ministry. And this sermon has been titled, The Sermon on the Mount, basically because he preached it on the mountainside. And so he begins, uh, what he does here is that he introduces uh, his audience to something that he called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And, and it is from uh, Matthew chapter 5 all the way to Matthew chapter 7. And it is almost as if it is a vision speech that, give, that Jesus is giving uh, the people that were listening and he's painting a vision of the kingdom that he has come to establish. This is what the kingdom is going to be like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And it, it goes through uh, different aspects of the kingdom, starting uh, with something that you can look at as the values of the kingdom. It is called the Beatitudes. That is what it starts with, which is uh, almost like the values of the kingdom, as I've already mentioned, if you go through all of them. 
uh, that is what it almost sounds like. And then straight after that, he comes into this portion that we are focusing on today. And he gives uh, the listeners two word pictures, two metaphors of the people of the kingdom of heaven. The first one, he says that they are like salt, you know, that they are the salt of the world. And the second one is that they are the light of the world. And that is the one that we're going to be focusing on this morning. And so he starts by saying, you are the light of the world. And I like this, you know, he is so direct. He's so bold. He says, you are the light of the world. And one of the important things to understand about Christianity is that uh, God is really interested in us. God is really interested in human beings, in people that he created. And that is something that is fundamentally different, especially to the other religions that were there when Jesus was uh, having his public ministry. This was something that was completely different. The gods of the day, the gods of the time, did not really want anything to do with human beings, did not really want to get involved in the affairs, in the lives of human beings. But this God, the creator of the heavens and the earth is really interested in his creation and he wants to get involved in the lives of his people even from the beginning you can even see it in the creation account in genesis chapter 1 and 2 we can see it right there in the beginning that god has always been interested in getting involved in being part and parcel of the lives of the people that he has created he creates everything in all of creation he feels it he creates everything that he wanted to create and at the end he says it is all you know very good it is all beautiful it is everything i wanted it to be and then and then later a little bit later uh, we get the, the account where man is created he creates man who is adam and he creates uh, eve his wife and then right there in the beginning he invites them to be a part of what he is doing on uh, on earth and, and through his creation. So we get this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. So straight up, straight before this, this is when God created and formed Adam, and Adam became a living being. And in verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Uh, God created the, the garden, and it was beautiful, and he invited uh, Adam he invited the man that he had created to be a part of what he is doing, you know, to have a responsibility in taking care of and cultivating the beautiful garden that God had created. So all the way from the beginning, we can see God has always wanted to be um, a, a part of our lives and he's always wanted us to be involved in what he is doing. And so even here, this is something that is similar because we know uh, through other parts of the scripture that the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And so here Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Speaking about the people of the kingdom, speaking about those who would follow him, who believe his message. He says, you are the, are the light of the world. And so first of all, we go to John chapter 9, verse 4 to 5. And Jesus has just performed a miracle here. He has just uh, opened the eyes of a blind man. And straight after that miracle, he says, We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light 
of the world. This is Jesus speaking. He is the one who is the light of the world. He is the one who gives us light. He is the one, you know, who helps us to be able to see where we are going, to be able to see the things that are around us. He is the light of the world. And yet here in, in Matthew chapter 5, he turns to his followers. He turns to you and I. He turns to believers. And he says, you are light of the world. You are the light of the world. What he basically is doing here is that he is inviting us to be a part of what he is doing. He is inviting us to also be what he is as he continues to live inside of us. He is inviting us to shine his light through us and become the light of the world. He is inviting us and wanting us to be a part of what he is doing. And for me, this is something that is really exciting. This is something that, that is really inspiring. That the creator of the universe, that the creator of all things loves us so much that he wants us to get involved in what he is doing. That he invites us to be partakers of the work that he is doing. Think about it. I don't think there's any plan that God has for, for the world and for creation that does not involve people. That does not involve us. That does not involve you and I to some limited capacity for sure but nevertheless we are invited to be partakers even even the 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 kingdom itself even spreading the good news even preaching even the gospel message he has invited us in in the book of corinthians i think it's second corinthians chapter five paul goes on to say that that we are the ambassadors of of the lord jesus christ it is as if god is making his appeal to the whole world through us that he has invited us to be part of this ministry of reconciliation whereby he is reconciling everything to himself through the person of the lord jesus christ this for me is really exciting this for me is is something that inspires me that god knows me that god not only knows me not only created me but he wants to get involved in my life he wants to get personally involved in my affairs and he wants me to get involved in his work as well so this is who you are this is who i am and i like the fact that it doesn't say you will become lights that you will grow into becoming the light of the world he says this is what you are it's a declaration of our identity who we are in Christ Jesus, we are the light of the world. It's not something that, that we need, that we are growing into. It is not something that we are becoming. It is our identity in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a believer, as a child of God, you as well are the light of the world. We will get into what this means and what this uh, practically looks like. But for now, he says, you are the lights of the world. And, and the last thing on this uh, uh, portion uh, or segment is that I believe that our primary purpose, as we will also get from this portion of Scripture, our primary purpose as the light of the world, I believe this is our primary purpose. It is to give glory to God by benefiting those that are around us. Because think about it. What is the purpose of the light? The purpose of the light or the purpose of the lamp that, uh, that he, he talks about here, the purpose of the lamp is to give light to those that are around it. The purpose of the lamp is to benefit those that are around it. And he says, you and I are like that lamp. We 
you and I, you know, have the slides that, that he has put inside of us with which uh, we are going to, to brighten the world, with which we are going to help the people of the world to be able to see. So our primary purpose as the light of the world is to give glory to God by benefiting those that are around us. And he goes on, the next thing that he says, he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden this is a statement of fact this is this is just you know truth that a city that is planted or that is built on top of a hill it cannot be hidden it is there for all to see and it is it is in the same way that we are also the light of the world that we that that he has put us on display for all to see that he has put us on a lampstand as he also continues to say that um he continues to say in the same way, or he says, no two people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all that are in the house. And so this is the same thing with us, that as, as, the, as believers, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has called us, that Jesus has called us to be partakers in what he is doing, which is giving light to the world, you know, giving light to the people of the world so that they may see. And he is calling us to be partakers of that. He has placed his light inside of us to shine. And our primary purpose is to glorify God by benefiting those that around us and it is in the same way that a city on a hill cannot be hidden so us as well as believers as followers of christ our lives are on display it's almost as if we are placed on top of a hill or on top of a lampstand for everyone in the house to be able to benefit and i like this because it's something that is so practical it's something that the people that were sitting around him and listening to him understood they knew so well i believe so many of them had lit you know the lamp so many times in their lives they know you do not light a lamp and put it under a basket you do not light a lamp and put it under a table but you put it on top so that it may give its light to everyone who is in the room so that they may benefit it is in the same way with us that our lives are supposed to benefit those that are around us and how do we do that we cannot do that by being placed under the basket we cannot do that by hiding ourselves in secret we cannot do that by being underground we do that by being out there we do that by being in public we do that by being by living lives in the midst of other people we do that by getting involved in the lives of other people that that is how we do it that is how we live it is in the same way that jesus lived his life he was accessible he was in the public people were able to come to him were able to find him were able to to ask things of him it is in the same way with us as well that our lives are in public our lives are accessible our lives you know interact and interface with other people's lives this is how we make a difference this he this is what we have been created to do the other thing that is interesting to note here when he talks about our lives being in public is it is the fact that our lives are linked with his reputation because think about this um, if i were to do something wrong if i were to say something wrong if i were to preach something wrong you know right now or do something wrong um, and maybe it is sin or what Whatever. The people will not really say that Monty did something wrong. They will say that, you know, a Christian did something wrong. They will say that a pastor of the church did something wrong because our, our lives are linked to God's reputation. Our lives are linked to Jesus' reputation. This is, you know, the same way that we are, our lives are, are 
are in public. Our lives are out there. Our lives are not supposed to be lived in secret. And we must not have anything to hide. We must not have any secret. We must not, we must not have anything in our lives that is in the darkness. We must not have anything in our lives that is going to paint a bad picture of him, a bad picture of him, because our lives are linked to his reputation. And then he says, in the same way, let your light so shine in front of others so that as they see your good deeds, that they glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is the conclusion. This is the point of everything that he has been saying. That in the same way that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a table, that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. It is visible. It is there for all to see. In that same way, let your light shine. I must let my light shine. You must also let your light shine so that the people of the world, so that the people that are around you, so that others may see your good works and glorify the Lord God and glorify God, your creator. And, and it's very interesting because uh, there's a number of things here that happen. One of them is that he says, let your light shine in front of others. Let your light shine in public. Let your light shine in society. Let your light shine in front of others. Let others able, let others be able to see your light shining by your good works. You know, so, so many times we have been conditioned to believe that no one is supposed to see what we do. As Christians, everything that we do is supposed to be secret. No one is supposed to see. And we quote the verse that says, you know, let your right hand not know what your left hand is doing. But, but Jesus here seems to be saying something that is very different. He says, let your light shine. Do your good works in front of others so that they may see you. By you doing your good works in front of others, that is how you are letting your light shine. And as they see you, they will glorify God. They will give glory to Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is amazing. This is different to what I have been conditioned to believe, to what I was taught definitely growing up. I was taught, you know, hide. I was taught do things in secret. I was taught, you know, taught uh, let others not know what you are doing. But Jesus is saying let others uh, see. Let the world, not even believers, let the world, the people of the world, see your good deeds and give glory to the to your father. And so that is why I believe that our primary purpose is to glorify God by benefiting the people that are around us, by benefiting other people. This is the purpose of the light. This is, this is what this verse seems to, uh, these verses seem to be saying to me, that our primary purpose is to glorify God by benefiting those that are around us. And so before we get to practical applications, um, there's a couple of things that I want us to consider. One of them is the fact that um, the light is brightest when it is darkest around it. The light is seen, you know, to be brightest when the, it is full of, uh, I mean, it is surrounded by darkness. And that's just the reality of the, of the world. That's the reality of nature. During the day, it's not like the stars go somewhere else. The stars are there all the time. But because it is during the day, we cannot see them. It is only at night. It is only when they are surrounded by darkness that they shine the brightest, that we are able to see it, you know, that their brightness is able to be perceived. And it is the same way with us, that our 
our perfect opportunity to shine. It's not when things are good. It's not when things are perfect. It's not when everything is normal. Our perfect opportunities and moments to shine brightest for the glory of the Lord God and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is when everything around us is darkness, is when everything around us is chaos, is when we are in moments of crisis, is when, is when uh, what, is, uh, what we need to do is not clear. It is those moments when there are more questions than answers, when there are confusion all around, when no one knows what to do. That, those are the moments when the light needs to shine brightest. Those are the moments that create the environment where the, where the brightness of the light and the glory of the light shines at its brightest. And I believe, think about it right now, I believe the world is, is in a very dark place. Many people that have lived a long time say they have not seen the world in such a, in such a state before. As long as they have been alive, you know, they have not seen the affairs of the world. They have not seen, you know, so many things going wrong at the same time in the world. And I believe the world is in a moment of darkness right now. And I believe this is the right moment. This is the perfect moment. This is the opportune time for you and I as the children of God, as the Christians and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the perfect moment for you and I to shine, for you and I to to do our good works, as the Bible says, you know, to do our good works in front of others so that they may glorify God because the light shines brightest when it is most darkest. And right now, the, the, the situation of the world is pretty dark. And this is the moment. I believe this is the moment for the church to rise up. I believe this is the moment for us as believers to rise up, to take our place, to take the mission of the church and the mission that God has, uh, uh, Jesus has instituted his body, his new kingdom for. And what is is that mission that I believe we must uh, keep at the forefront? What is that mission that I believe we must pursue now more than ever before? And that mission is simple. It is to make disciples. This is what we are alive for. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Go, therefore, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, I say to you, go and make disciples of all nations. This is our mission. This is what we are alive for. This is why we are here. We are here to make disciples of all nations. How do we do that? We do that by sharing our lives. We do that by letting our light shine. We do that by by using the gifts that God has given us, by using the resources that God has given us to serve those that are around us, to reach out to those that are around us, to help those that are in need around us. This is the moment where, when the church needs to shine brightest. And so as I conclude you know, and look at some practical things, what does it mean for us to shine? What does it mean for, for me to let my, my light shine? What does it mean for you uh, to let your light shine. You know, I believe that for you and I to let our life shine, what, uh, our lights shine, what that means is that we do the works that Jesus said we must do. He says, do your good works in front of others so that when they, when they see them, they glorify your Father who is in heaven. Good works is a very big topic in the New Testament. You know, it's spoken about so many times. You can find so many references of good works. Good works is one of the most primary uh, things that Jesus has called us to do, that Jesus has mandated us to do. It is to produce good works. It is to produce good fruit in our lives. It is to do the works of him, as he said earlier, that to do the works of him who sent him, who is God, our Heavenly Father. And so to let our light shine is to do 
good works. And, and for this, I, I, I just want to touch on something that I believe is very fundamental and foundational, especially in the New Testament church. If you look at uh, the Old Testament, if Jesus says you can sum it up, you know, in, 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 in two uh, commandments, love God, love people. That's how you can sum it up. And then there's something that he gave, which is called the golden rule, you know, that, that he spoke about. The golden rule basically means do to others as you would like them to do to you. You know, this is not a, just a cliche statement that we get from, from society. This is something that comes from the Bible. Because remember, when it was said during that time, people did not do to others as they would have loved them to do to them. No, you treated your enemies with contempt. You crushed your enemies. That's what you did. You know, that's not what that uh, what Jesus says here as the golden rule is not how people lived. This is something that was original when it was first said. This was something that that is uniquely Christian. And he says that is the golden rule. But when it comes to the New Testament church, when it comes to the kingdom of God, when it comes to the new commandment, when it comes to the new covenant that we get in the New Testament, the, the, the rule that we use there is completely higher than this one. And it, and it is this. It is found in John chapter 13, verse 34 to, to, to 35. And Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is, this is the, the, the rule, you know, that is at the foundation of the New Testament church. At the foundation of the new kingdom that Jesus has come to establish. This is something that is completely higher than the golden rule. It is not do to others as you would like them to do to you. That that does not even compare to this. What he is saying here is do to others as he has done to you. And that is something that, that you know, is, has implications that are completely far-reaching. He wants us to ask ourselves as we are dealing with other people, and he wants us to ask ourselves this question, how has he treated me? Therefore, that is how I am supposed to treat other people. And this is very relevant in what we are talking about now, when we are talking about letting our life light shine, you know, doing good, serving, reaching, and, and fulfilling the mandate that he has given us, making disciples. How are we supposed to do that? By doing as he has done. How has he treated me? That is how I need to treat the next person. How has he reached me, you know, to find me? That is the same way I need to reach the next person. How has he forgiven me? That is the same way I need to forgive other people as well, you know. But when it comes to love, uh, in the 21st century where we are living, we are so... Um, caught up on the emotions we are so caught up on you know those warm and fuzzy feelings those butterflies in the stomach and we think that this is what he's talking about but jesus and the writers of the new testament seem to be interested in something that is far more practical than emotional you know not to say that emotions are bad but emotions are not completely dependable you know emotions are not primarily what god is interested in God is interested in something that is far more practical. And if you read 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, this is what it says. It says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers, for others, for those that are around us. This is far more practical than emotional. This is how we know what love is because we saw it in what he did. What he did, how he 
treated us, what he did when he sacrificed his own life, defined for us what love is. And we are expected and called and invited to pursue that same kind of love, to live in that same kind of way. And so, uh, basically, when we try to answer the question, what does it mean to love one another? What does it mean to love the brothers? The, the answer is, look at what Jesus has done and do likewise. And what has Jesus done? He has sacrificed his life for us. He has sacrificed his life so that we may live. You know, he has given up things that were advantageous to him so that we may benefit. And this is the same thing that God is expecting us to do, that God wants us to do. God wants us to show our love, to demonstrate our love, not just in words, but in deeds. And those deeds are to sacrifice on behalf of those that are around us. And this is the same thing that Jesus is teaching us here. He's saying, you are the light of the world. Your purpose is to shine so that those that are around you are supposed to benefit from what you have, from what has been placed inside of you, from the light that you have, from the hope that you have, you know, from the life that you have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are supposed to live our lives so that others may benefit and in that way that is how we glorify our father who is in heaven so in answering the question what does it look like in fact that is the question that i want us to to ask ourselves or to ask god rather not to ask ourselves so much to ask god this week maybe even today maybe even right now to just ask god what does it look like for me to, to let my light shine right now? That's the question that I want us to ask God uh, and be honest, you know, with ourselves and where we are and ask that question and be open and be vulnerable to ask God, what will it look like or what would it look like for me to let my light shine right now in the situation that I am in? You know, not tomorrow, not the day after tomorrow, not when things are better, not when lockdown regulations have been eased, not when the world is back to normal. Right now, while it is dark, you know, while it is chaos, while we are in crisis, while the global pandemic is still happening in the world, ask God, what would it look like for me to let my light shine right now? And I believe what he's going to tell you is something that is far more practical than emotional. He's going to tell you to do things, things that might be difficult, but things that are going to make a difference in the lives of other people. It's in, to such an extent that as they look at you, do those things. As they look at you, do what you do. They are going to give glory to God. They're going to thank God for you. You know, they're going to place their faith and their confidence upon God because this is what he has promised. This is what he has said in his word, that as people look at you, letting your light shine, that they are going to glorify God who is in heaven. Another question that I think might clarify things a little bit that we can also ask ourselves is, what does the love of Christ require of me right now? And I want each and every one of us to commit to doing whatever it is that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. What does the love of Christ require me to do right now? While it is the pandemic, while things are, are you know, upside down, while there is chaos, what does the love of Christ require me to do right now? And to commit to doing whatever it is that God 
calls you to do because this is our moment this is the moment when we are not supposed to be retreating and being afraid together with the rest of the world running away together with the rest of the world this is the moment when we are supposed to be bold when we are supposed to be brave when we are supposed to let the light that god has placed inside of us to shine brightest in the situation that we find ourselves in so that people may come to us and ask us what is the reason for this hope that you have we do not have this hope that you have you know what is the reason that you are still hopeful even in this situation and that will be an opportunity and a platform for us to be able to share our lives to be able to share our story and to invite them into a relationship with the lord jesus christ as i end let me end with this verse in ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and it says for we talking about believers talking about followers of jesus christ we are his workmanship you know um, created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them that god created us anew in christ jesus for good works this is what we have been created anew for in christ jesus this is what you know we have been saved for we have been saved for good works to do good works which is this thing that we are talking about to spend your life on behalf of others to use your resources to benefit those that are around you to sacrifice so that others may benefit just as the lord jesus christ has done to you to do to other people this is what we have been created anew in christ jesus for for this kind of good works and this is what god expects from you and from me if we are beneficiaries of his goodness if we have benefited from his kindness we have benefited from his love from his mercy and his grace this is what he expects from us in return is to live lives is to commit ourselves to living lives you know that are marked by this kind of sacrifice that are marked by this kind of generosity that are marked by this kind of commitment to letting our lives shine a light shine you know so that others may see our good works and glorify our father who is in heaven i really hope you know that we are as as the church going to rise up that we are going to do what we can you know someone once said this he said while it is true that none of us can change the world but we can all make a difference and i believe that is true we are not called god has not called you god has not called me to change the whole world but he has called us he has called you he has called me to make a difference where he has placed me in the lives that are around me in the relationships that he has given me that is what he is expecting me to do that is what he is expecting from my life is for me to make a difference in the lives of people that are around me in the people that he has placed you know around me and close to me and that is what then and that is all that god expects from us and so i really do hope that we are going to rise that we are, we are going to be serious about the great commission that we are going to be serious about you know what god has called us to the great commission you know making disciples and sharing the gospel and and sharing our lives with the people that are around us and also doing practical things serving people sacrificing for people you know doing the little things that will make a difference in people's lives let us pray heavenly father thank you so much for the work that you have done in me for the work that you have done in us thank you that we have benefited from your sacrifice that we have benefited from your love from your mercy from your grace from your forgiveness from everything good that you are 
Help us, Lord God, to be able to do those things to other people, to treat others as you have treated us, to do unto others as you have done unto us. Help us to be serious about the Great Commission. Help us to be serious about what you have called us to do, Father God, because I really do believe that the world will be in a completely different place if we did what you called us to do, if we did the little, Father God, that you are expecting us to do, to let our light shine, you know, to not be afraid, to be bold, to be courageous, and to do what you have called us to do, to do the good works, Father, that you expect from us, to live our lives in sacrifice and, and in service to those that are around us, so that as they benefit, your name gets glorified. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that you have spoken into our lives. Help us to put these things into practice in our lives, in Jesus' mighty name, so that your name may be glorified now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Take care. God bless you. Thank you for that wonderful message, Pastor Mondi. What an encouraging word that we can hold on to and meditate on to keep us throughout the year. Unfortunately, we will not be having in-person service until further notice. But that doesn't mean we cannot meet online. And with that said, please note, from next week, Sunday, the 24th of January, we will be having our week of fasting and prayer. Please do invite friends and family to join. It is open for all. Be blessed and enjoy the week. See you next week. Goodbye.